Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, actors go on strike in the US. What does this actually mean for TV in Australia? A new survey says Australians want local dramas, but do they really? And breaking news on a very old TV show coming back to our screens. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is TV Black Box, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Well, ahoy! I'm Rob McKnight. Ahoy? You can find me at Rob underscore McKnight. Yes, I said ahoy! This is TV Black Box. TV presenter David Robinson is with us. Hello, Robbo. Rob, I want you to know well, that I've spoken to Fran and I'm willing to break the picket line tonight as a member of SAG and, and WAG and DAG and whatever. <laughs> um, uh, Shag. I, they've, they've allowed me to... Well, it, as you get older, they do SAG down, down the bottom there, mm. the plums. Um, but uh, look, yes, I, I'm here. Um, Fran said it's okay, but I'm standing in solidarity with my bold and beautiful actors and actresses. Yeah, you just got a bit confused. The picket line isn't at the wall in Oxford Street, mate. <laughs> the what? <laughs> That's such an old reference. I know. The one in the where, Rob? Where are you staying yeah, tonight? It, <laughs> it's a very old reference people from Sydney oh, will get. It's yeah. so oh, old. Like <laughs> the people from That's Sin City, reference. Rob. Oh, I'm going to let. Yes, it's Sin true. City is a thing. I will leave that in. Uh, Mulk, the viewers' advocate, is with us. Hello, Steve Mulk. Hello. Yes, hello, Rob, Abby and Robbo, everyone listening. <laughs> hello. I'm coming to you from the land of the dark and junk people, and I want to pay my respects to their elders, past and present, and a big yar to our pirate listeners, our hoi mateys. <laughs> and, of course, we are also joined by TV Black Box oh. producer. She writes this whole episode, thank God. Abby Mickelson is with us. Hello, Abby. Hello, Rob. And actually, thank you. You wrote half of the episode today, so I can't take all the credit. Um, but I or am blame. recording... What? Finish <laughs> <laughs> your um, But I am recording tonight on Daramaragal land and would also like to pay my respects to the traditional custodians of this country. And it is lovely to have you here. Thank you, Abby. All right, let's get into it because actors in the US have called strike action after failing to reach a deal with AMPTP, the body representing the major studios in Hollywood. Writers have already been on strike for two and a half months after also failing to reach a deal. SAG-AFTRA President Fran Drescher gave a passionate speech announcing strike action with the union saying it had no choice. It came with great sadness that we came to this crossroads, but we had no choice. We are the victims here. We are being victimized by a very greedy entity. I am shocked by the way the people that we have been in business with are treating us. I cannot believe it. 
quite frankly. How far apart we are on so many things. How they plead poverty, that they're losing money left and right when giving hundreds of millions of dollars to their CEOs. It is disgusting. Shame on them. They stand on the wrong side of history at this very moment. Now, Robert, this has been interesting, hasn't it? Because I saw an article on Deadline which said that the studios were actually trying to starve the writers out. So in relation to the writers, they said they're not even going to think about the negotiations until October when they're struggling to pay rent, put food on the table. That's pretty bloody bold if it's the truth. It is bold. And you know what? I would I would suggest that it is true. I reckon that more than one person has absolutely said, we're going to wait them out. Because what you're looking at here is, I, I saw an actor who was on The Office. Uh, so one of the actors uh, that was Pam's original boyfriend on The Office, so he is on the picket line right now. And he's saying he's a blue collar actor, which is very true. Mm. There are very few people who can make a full living uh, out of acting. And th- th- this is yeah, important. It's a small and- club. Yeah, very, very small club, which I will also point out, and I've noticed this, where are the big names? Where are the big names? In the, so I've seen Matt Damon give a quote on the Oppenheimer red carpet saying that um, if we if we strike, we're going to leave. Um, Emily Blunt said the same thing. They did leave, fair enough. But on the picket lines, we're not seeing any big names, right? So we have seen, though, uh, as I said before, Matt Damon talking about um, this is for the, the, the blue-collar actors who, um, you know, who can't make a living out of it. This is really important. Uh, Netflix, Amazon, all of those big streamers have a lot to answer for. So back in the old days, you would have uh, what we call residuals where you would then... Um, you would you'd be in a show and when it was repeated, you would get payment for it. Um, and those kind of residual agreements uh, are no longer in effect, especially because people like Netflix, Amazon, obviously locally here, Stan, uh, are buying up a lot of these programs and those residuals and those agreements are not in effect. Now, what I don't like seeing and what I will not like seeing is if we get these little cherry... P- Pricked, but yeah, prick is probably the word. Uh, Cherry picked um, grabs from um, really big, big names to come out every so often and go, yeah, actually, it's really bad. And everyone should be paid like this. They're not the picket lines. Fuck off. I I think it's rubbish. Um, I think you might see that coming, Robbo. This is going to be a long, drawn out campaign. Where has it been? Where are the big writers, though? In the writers, we've had the writers. They're on the picket lines, mate. They're well, on yeah, the they headlines. They have been. Oh, the photos that them. I've been seeing has have had everybody, from, even from James Gunn, who is the director oh, and writer yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy and has taken over the whole DC, you know, yeah. fights and tights universe. He's been down well, he's, on the picket line. But, but he's going to pull himself back, though, because big boss Bobby Iger oh. has been very bloody clear that well, he does not support it. So I can't imagine we're going to see Gunny... Mm. On the picket lines anymore but because it, Big Daddy Iger he cannot has support back. it all. He, he cannot support it all he wants. James Gunn's a union member, so he's going to be down. And, on the and picket line. what you're referring to is Bob Iger appearing on Squawk Box on CNN, I think it was, sure. where he he really laid some. It was an interesting interview because he really went to town on the writers, saying it's pretty much outrageous that they're wanting oh. money. This was while yeah. he flew in on a private jet. Let's yeah, just, so interesting. It's not, like, 
Sean Gunn, I saw speaking about Bob, I- mm. Bob Iger specifically um, from Gilmore Girls, Guardians of the Galaxy, and he made the point that in the 1980s, the CEO were making 30 times what the lowest worker was making, yes. and now yes, Bob Iger absolutely. makes 400 times what the it's lowest worker is. So the wealth distribution yeah. is insane. And well, yeah, I mean, we're not communists, of course, but there is some well, real disparity. The, the and one of the is, biggest though, issues for the actors is AI. But, Mog, what struck me as being very interesting is how the US networks are going to plug their holes. And Yellowstone is being brought to television, free-to-air television in the US. It will be on CBS. And so it has only been a streaming show up until mm. now. It's been Paramount Plus's biggest show. Um, and now it's going to be on CBS. Yeah, Dan Barrett uh, is doing some great coverage of the strike from an Australian media writer's point of view and is always be watching um, daily um, newsletter that he pops out and included great newsletter. Uh, a, a screen grab of CBS's proposed schedule. And he noted that all of the networks have been holding off, letting us know until they knew if the SAG, uh, after a, a union was going to go on strike, so that they could work that out. The interesting thing that he raised not only was the Yellowstone thing, but also that there is an unnamed Paramount Plus original that is scheduled to go in after NCIS on Monday night. And I think he's right. He's saying that that's probably going to be NCIS Sydney, um, which would be a huge boost for that um, if it does land that sort of 9 o'clock Monday night slot following on from the original NCIS. um, I still can't believe Sarah Monaghan didn't get a acting gig on that i should have to talk to a manager um it, yeah it, she would have been great i agree but i gotta say some of the people that landed in it from a cast announcement point of view i'm a bit skeptical on um the, the, there's some big issues at play in this whole thing the, the stars are coming out to protest um the writers are coming out to protest it is on for young and old it's there's been diabolical statements from studio bosses and amtm uh amptm uh, uh Members saying things about we want to starve out the writers, we want to do all of that sort of stuff. And well, that wasn't even... a statement. That was from a source in that deadline article. And there is some, there is a lot actually of disputing. There's a lot of seasoned reporters in Hollywood who do not believe that is the case. And yet but, the evidence uh, suggests everything otherwise, right? Like they've been on strike for what is it, two months now? Yeah. 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 They're not closer to getting it. In fact, the directors oh, they're not, they're screw nowhere them near. over. And now they've got SAG in their corner who are also striking. And as yeah. is my understanding that SAG won't agree to a deal without a WGA deal being cut in parallel. Like they'll be wanting to, oh, to bring good. that to the table. Mm. Um, the, the, the challenge for mine is that some of the SAG stuff that they're talking about is this notion that uh, particularly background actors, but any actor... Um, getting paid for a day's day's piece of work and having their whole body scanned and basically allowing that as a part of that deal in perpetuity for that project... That yeah. their the studios deny image. that they say it's only for that well, project. Well, that's an interesting thing. Well, yeah, even if it agree. is just for that project, it's still an interesting yeah. piece of work. Oh, because I agree. There's um, mm, a, I agree. a friend of mine in Brisbane who's done some extra work on is it Mortal Kombat? I think that's been filming on the Gold Coast, and she got scanned, and she's wondering if her likeness will appear in the second Mortal Kombat that film that's going to be made on the Gold Coast. Um, wow. Yeah. Guys, can I quickly say, is the only member here who's acted in uh, in, in a drama production. Did you have a SAG membership for your Bolton the Beautiful appearance? <laughs> because it was I filmed in SAG. Australia, he wouldn't have actually needed it. That's part of how they're going to get around stuff. So this is what I wanted to ask, actually. This is really important. So I remember thinking, 
Oh, wow, we're all doing this stuff, and it's fairly easy. I mean, obviously, I was courted and uh, whined and died. Yes. Um, and obviously, I, I waited before I said yes. I didn't say yes before they finished the sentence, <laughs> asking me if I wanted to do the uh, the, the spot. Um, but I didn't need to, uh, yeah, I didn't need to get my sag out. You shouldn't say that in front of someone who was there. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Um, they just said hi. Yes, I'll do it. They just said hello to me. And, and do it. let me tell you the controversy that caused throughout Channel 10 mm. because they had all their big stars making cameos and there was David Robbo Robinson In getting the, the, the biggest gig playing the priest, mm-hmm. marrying them, and people at 10 were like, what the <sighs> hell? They didn't want a bar of it. Oh, um, but they got a bar of it. Over two episodes, too. Check mm-hmm. it out at template.com.au. If you can navigate that awful app. Mm. All right. As ABC Radio continues to lose listeners at an alarming rate, attention is now turning to the television side of the business and its desire to engage a younger audience. The Australian Financial Review has revealed the broadcaster is the home of the over 65s. In fact, Two-thirds of the ABC's flagship 7pm news audience is older than 65 and less than 8% under 40. The information comes to light soon after the ABC made political editor Andrew Proben redundant, amongst others, of course, in a move to grow a younger audience. Robbo, (laughs) I had to laugh. Is anyone surprised that the ABC skews old? Hasn't it always skewed old? I, I don't think that it has, and this is the point. I, I think uh, that, yes, I, I, I think there are pockets of the ABC that have, have catered to an older audience, but I think they've always been really good at getting the other pockets to get the young people. I, I really did the young people. Well, yes, you had McFeast and things like that and the D-Gen, so there's always been that... Uh, younger skewing element to it, yep. of course. They've always had it, and I think that they've always done a very good job as as being able to program and see. It's like Swiss cheese, really, right? For any network, including the ABC. Um, sure, the, the 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 blocks or the holes at the top of the block of the cheese they're filled by the oldies. Sure, fine, but yeah, they've but always been able to fill the holes better, I think, than seven and nine, and, and I think that's very important. This is I, one I, hell of a yeah. weird analogy. Is it? Yeah, is that the concern though? Isn't the concern though around their news product? But 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 also everything though. But but also and, and no, look, yeah, I, but no, we don't have data on the everything else. While I acknowledge absolutely that the ABC, in fact, all linear broadcast TV is mm. skewing way older. It's not just the ABC. No, um, no, of course not. But the ABC do a better job of getting the other holes filled in the Swiss cheese than seven and nine. Yeah, but that's because they're pro- do they? I mean, married at first sight skews younger. Utopia, Gruen, Hard Quiz. Um, uh, Queen of Oz, but, but, um, but always uh, what's though, the other right? one? Gold Diggers, um, Bay yeah. of Fires. Like the ABC and SBS are the only people really delivering Australian drama, and they are Please? getting the viewers for it. But hang on, we're not talking about Australian drama. We're oh, talking okay, about no. as you... Robbo is. Yeah, but, I said it's just yeah, about I, no, news, and he said, yeah, "Oh no, it's I, I everything." Did. I, I'm saying it's everything, and also just just mock, just say that they're filling the holes in the cheese, so I can get <laughs> more out of this. Um. Okay, Robbo, they're filling the holes in the cheese. <laughs> Thank you so much, Doc. Um, Mulk. Yes. You're right. It is about news. But I would argue ABC News has always skewed older and news on free-to-air TV does skew older anyway. Oh, and especially now, Rob. Like, as, as we have discussed before, people under the age of let's even go to 30 are largely not turning on their television or even going to 9 Now, ABC, iView, blah, 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 to get their news. Mm, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched news on free-to-air TV. So that's that's a that's a long-standing 
an ongoing symptom of the greater issue of free-to-air broadcast television. So yeah, it's a problem. News? And yes, the ABC have always skewed over uh, skewed older generally. However, they are not on their Pat Malone. But I've got to ask though, Abby. Abby's made a really good point, and again, I'm also with her. Um, I have not watched a linear broadcast of news for some time. I mm. I consume a lot of news though, mm. but I don't do it on free to wear. Abby, you said that. Where do you get mm. your news from? I get mine just all online, whether it's social media, yeah, Google, whatever, because yeah. I like it being instant. And I know ABC has 24-hour news channels as well, but I like it being instant. I don't see the point of waiting for 6 p.m. or whenever to get my news so that happened six hours ago that I've already read online. So that's so just, true. yeah. That's my I, I don't preference. think it's about – I don't think it's just about that. The simple fact is that what you do is you get your news throughout the day mm. and then you get a overview of the day on the 6 p.m. news. Yeah, yeah and I, think, I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with doing that. I, it's just not personally how I prefer to get my news anymore. And I think, as Malk said, like – Anyone under 30, I think, would be in pretty much the same boat. I don't know. None of my friends would watch the news on TV, ever. Mm. And I actually think we're long past the 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock bulletin being the wrap-up of stuff that happened today. We're long past that. They're trying to... It's only the number one and two shows of the night. Yeah, but they're all... Again, look at the demos, right? Legitimately look at the demos on that stuff. Um, They are certainly wrapping up some of the stories, but also what they are doing is... Because they've got a four o'clock and a three o'clock and a midday and a, you know, interspersed in their morning show and then all across their breakfast show bulletins, often there's not anything to update or they're saving the big ticket items for their six o'clock or seven o'clock news bulletin. So it's not an update. It's actually we're trying to get draw you in because here's here's the news of the things. Plus the style in the way they're delivering it is not an update anymore. It's like, here's the latest. Someone standing in front of the courthouse where it happened 10 hours ago. Uh, we've had this argument. <laughs> Mark loves that one. <laughs> he does love that one. <sighs> All right. Animal rights group Peter is coming after MasterChef. They certainly did. They called for Network 10 to redesign the famous aprons. In the lead-up to the finale, they wrote to the producers searching for the aprons to reflect the impact of the show's relentless promotion of flesh-based meals on animals and the planet. Among the proposed changes were blood spatters, bloodied handprints, scorch marks and switching out the famous M to a D for Disaster Chef. Abby, tell me how they can justify this when the final episode had already been recorded and they were saying, please change the aprons because we're trying to get some publicity. And it's also on a serious issue, Jock Zonfrillo's very last episode and they're trying to get weak as ass shit publicity while... The people watching MasterChef are trying to remember a, a a gentleman who died the week before the premiere and this was his final episode. Justify this piece of shit for me, please, madam. So I know I'm going to get yelled at. Um, first of all, they're not trying to get the aprons changed. They did not email Network 10. They literally designed it yes, and designed did an apron. It. it took two minutes on, like, Microsoft Paint or whatever. Like, And they was, sent a letter to the producers. Yes, they were never expecting the aprons to be changed. That was never... And, and so it's just a cheap-ass publicity yes, stuff. Yes! yes. Holy was, fucking exactly. shit, and you yes! you for it. You wrote an article. Hook, line and sinker. Off, you literally ticked off one of their KPIs. It was hilarious. But, no, in, in like... 
Peter, and I don't, I don't, I don't love Peter. I will say that they have done some great things. They have also done some horrific things. Um, but they run on publicity stunts and stunt marketing and stunt protesting. That's what they do. This isn't this, and this is by far not the most shocking thing that they've done. They never mm. expected it to be changed. Their only objectives were to get people talking about them, and they did exactly that. And I also... Oh, well, well done, Peter. Yeah, you You've fell right done it again. Yeah, you did it. Rob, um, if you're you in there, blink twice and let us know that you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> we know that you only just got out of your right-wing oh. think box and we really want to know you're okay. <laughs> but the thing is, and the thing is, and I, I'm not, I'm not going to turn this into a lecture about animal agriculture. I'm not. Oh, thank Christ But I that. will say... Because their whole their whole point with this, and I, full disclosure, have actually seen these campaign objectives from someone who works at PETA. Their whole point of anything like this is to cause a fuss, to get X number of articles, X number of mentions, and it doesn't matter whether the sentiment is positive, negative, or neutral. They do not care. They just want the number. And people say, oh, well, this isn't going to change anyone's mind. That's not their objective either. Their objective, their objective is to encourage conversations from the 15% of Australians who are vegetarian or vegan to encourage those conversations amongst their friends. And I do mm. think that even, yes, it was Jock's last episode. I That doesn't mean we can't talk about anything else other than Jock. And I, yes, it does. I would no, say it's it good respect. entirely unrelated. They have it sent is completely press unrelated. releases similarly for every other MasterChef finale in the last 10 years. Yeah. Just and no I just, one has I gone, oh, think... let's print that. Yeah. Robbo. I cooked a lovely, lovely roast chicken on Sunday for the family, and the week right. before and I've turned Sunday into a roast, of it. a roast so Sunday thing. And and on the Sunday previously, I cooked a roast pork with crackling all around it, and it was delicious. The crackling melted in your mouth. It was beautiful. Can I can I tell you? I have eaten a lot of cabbage over the past couple of days, and that is, <laughs> that is a vegetable. And I reckon I'm on par with the biggest dairy farmers in the world. <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. But, yes, I, 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 look, I agree with what you're saying about Peter uh, and, and Animal Savvy, but I just wanted to put that in there. It is rough downstairs. I'm glad you I raised it, Robo, because yeah. we've actually – there's some climate, climate scientists outside your door because they've noticed a growing <laughs> hole in the ozone oh, of your house. They have been poking and prodding me, but that cabbage deep oh. was creepers. All right, coming up, a new survey says Australians want local dramas, but come on, do they really? Seven set to go back to the future with Australian Idol and what's the new show that's old that's coming back? <gasps> It's a big one. And we'll find out what everyone's been watching in the TV binge box. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Kevin Perry's been working on a story about the return of gladiators. Tonight, Luke Dennehy 
posted that there is a casting call mm. for a new series of Gladiators. 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 What do we think, yeah. Abby, about Gladiators? Are you too young for this? Yeah, I was going to say go straight to Robbo because he's looking very excited and I've never seen a single frame of this show in my entire life. <laughs> Gladiators. Okay, the first TV show I ever... Sorry, I didn't even wait for you to ask me. Uh, Gladiators, the, the first ever TV show I saw produced at the Brisbane Entertainment Centre, back when uh, the Sydney bubble of uh, of programming thought that there's actually other shows in other cities that can produce those programs, i.e. Adelaide with Wheel of Fortune, i.e. Brisbane with Family Let's give Feud, Gladiators to the Bogans. Brisbane with Gladiators, yes, exactly. What? Um, Yes, no, no. Uh, And so it was the first show I ever saw. I friggin' love this show. A couple of other things. It was the first show. So the show that I was at for the recording was also playing the same night that I touched my first boob. Um, And I promise you this. I promise you this. I was 12. Her name was Cynthia. um, And I... uh, Okay, fine. I ended up burping in her mouth. But whatever. I've told that story before on television. Um, But this is a great show. I'm so excited it's back. I used to have Delta on my wall. Delta is... Uh, was a female gladiator? No, female gladiator. (laughs) Sorry. Just making sure that everyone knew that Delta was a lady. Um, And uh, it's a fantastic show. I've got the soundtrack on CD. I'm so excited about this coming back. This is event, shiny floor, family telly. We can get behind these these roided up weirdos who love to go to the gym for 15 hours a day. Fine, we get behind them. Gladiator is a great show. I'm very, very excited. Can I ask a question? How and this is a genuine question from someone who's never seen it. How is it different to what's that? Um, American Gladiators. No, no, no. They don't die. They what's don't that die. Other show where they're all really strong and they run through obstacle courses. Ultimate and stuff? Tag. No, no, no. Um, oh, no, no, no. Ninja Warrior, Ninja, Ninja. Warrior. Oh, no, 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 different, no. Different, Rush. Not, it's not a course like that. Million it's Dollar a whole Island. Load of different games. Ninja, against, Ninja, um, Ninja Warrior has got no showbiz. It's got nothing about it. So at th- the end of every uh, Gladiators episode, you would have the Eliminator. Now, let me tell you, from someone who was there for the filming, it would take friggin' hours for them to set up each of these kind of, you know, events and whatnot. Think about the prices right back in the 90s on steroids, no pun intended, um, but then they would finish with the Eliminator, which was a, a a course that they'd have to go through. Oh, my God, this is good telly. And I'll it, tell you right now, I'll tell you right now, I told you Million Dollar Island wouldn't work. Hasn't worked. This will bloody work. Funny you say that. I'm not convinced, but, Mulk, we think it might be heading to Channel 10, eh? Yeah, that's oh, okay, the well, that's the rumour. And it'll be interesting to see that land in um, 10's schedule because, you know, with the announcement that Thank God You're Here is going to be coming on Wednesday, August 2 at 7.30, they've got three working dog shows to kick off their week. Where, where would you slot Gladiators in in that scenario? I mean... Thank God he's not going to run as long as the other two, but um, it's going to be an interesting an interesting call. Uh, I am not so sure that it will well, get up, no matter what channel it lands on. Well, we remember, though, that they're also an incarnation uh, in the late 2010s that also was on 7. Uh, and that was a yes. very short-run version Hang of Hang on, was Gladiators. that the 2010s? Yeah, 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 because, yeah, yeah, I know where I was there. I was at Channel 10 in Brisbane. <laughs> you were touching uh, TVQ. as well? 
Uh, no, I'd stopped touching boob by then. I let me. T- That's a long time. After <laughs> All right. Boob. New research has revealed that an overwhelming 89% of Australians are eager to see more homegrown media content. According to a study conducted by Roy Morgan and commissioned by Australian Made, the desire for local television content is particularly strong, with 81% of Australians expressing a preference for Australian produced TV. Screen Producers Australia and the production industry are already championing government policy that would require streaming platforms to reinvest at least 20% of revenues earned in Australia into new Australian content. The report also found that 81% of Australians want more locally made films. Abby, that all sounds delightful. And here's the thing about research. You, you, it's like during the political campaign you say, what are the big issues? And people say health, education, right? You say to a bunch of people, would you like to see more Australian, more shows shot and filmed in Australian telling Australian stories? Oh, yeah, that sounds good. Mm. That sounds good. But the problem is they don't watch them. Yeah, I do agree. It's a, it's it's kind of a, a leaded question, if that's the right term. But um, I think generally as far as... I can only speak for myself. I don't really care where a show is made as long as it's good. And maybe that's not super supportive of local industries. That's how people feel. You are a typical viewer. If it's, if it's good and it's made in Australia, great. If it's good and it's made in America, great. Like I I really don't care. But can I ask a question on that though? Don't you want to see Australian stories or that doesn't matter? I like seeing Australia on screen, whether it's movie or TV. Yeah. Yeah, I do, but I, I do like that, but I wouldn't say that I prefer to see that over an American story, for example. Like it's, oh, see, I would. It's nice, but I would never be like, I need more of that. I don't know. But Australians don't. Look at the ratings for Australian oh, drivers. No, I, they don't rate. See, I disagree because, again, SBS, ABC, when they're delivering Australian content, more often they're than not. They're not rating. Yes, it is. It oh, is. I do love Total Control on ABC. Oh, my God. That's a fucking it's one of my favourite shows. Show. Yeah. If they make Sorry, more shows like on, that, hang I'm on board. For all the press and coverage Total Control got, what did it get in the ratings? Oh, mate, without Couldn't notice, I can't tell you. It, it did it did good numbers and did even better numbers in Catch show. Up and BVOD. Oh, and that's the, that's the challenge for drama these days, right? Again, the linear... Bro- have a look at Bay of Fires. It premiered Sunday night on the ABC, 8.30, the standard... Aussie drama time slot for the ABC, and I think it pulled just sub 400 in oh, linear broadcast. Exactly. No, 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 no. You, you just, that's not bad. I, that's and not let bad me finish. Let me finish. Sub finish. 400, five city metro linear broadcast. Better mm. than two other big shiny floor reality yeah. shows that Seven and Nine have been putting out, right? Oh, it did better man. than them. Reality TV and yet, first. We haven't seen, we haven't seen the, the, the seven day. Total mm. TVs yet, which you will see that number, if not double, almost if not more so, because mm. what we're getting is people are going, oh, I'll save it and I'll watch it later, or I'll wait until there's two or three episodes out and then I'll smash through all of them. Like, that's what we're seeing because of the streaming epidemic situation. More and more people are going, we're going to just treat our free to air dramas in the same way. We're not going to tune in week mm. to week. That's why the ABC are now more often dropping the entire series on iView when they drop the first episode. So you can jump on and watch the whole thing as you need to. And all of that counts. The challenge for 7, 9 and 10 is that, A, they're not investing anything decent. Riptide was a smelly piece oh, of shit. Oh, you can, yep. 
Um, correct. Yeah, correct. correct. Seven and nine have given us nothing of value from a drama perspective this year so far, and it's August, basically. Um, and, uh, you know, so of course they'll, they will complain, oh, but drama doesn't rate... We are so far down the path of having had this conversation before where because they're not investing in it, the audience isn't following it, so no one's turning up. The only mm. places that are doing it are streamers, ABC... Chicken and, and the egg. I... I- is that a Peter reference? I don't know. Um, but I, I just want to make sure that that's not a... Because I, I care for both of them, but I eat both of them. Um, the, the thing is, it's all about story as well. Um, total Control was... And it is, so far, in years and years and years, the only show I watched live mm. on linear broadcast and waited every Sunday night for it because it was a great bloody story and a well-produced show yep. now and a new Mulca- fi- the final third season is being made which is I, I like i i i don't want to sound gay here but i just got goosebumps when you told me that maybe it's your voice maybe it's a, the idea of uh, seeing one more sh- i've been working on my voice robber i believe that um now <laughs> vote yes uh now uh the other thing is if it's a great story and it's a great show people will follow I would watch that linear. I would, I, I would absolutely watch that show because it was well produced, a great story. Uh, that's what we're missing. I agree with Malk. Uh, the, 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 the networks are not putting out, out anything that's worthy of anyone, especially in this, in this climate, to go appointment telly. There's no appointment mm. telly on 7, 9 and 10. There's just not. And this is the sad thing. The wonderful thing, and I know, I know this for a fact, that Kerry Stokes was always very, very proud of the fact that Channel 7 was the home of Australian drama for a long, long time. He, he was proud of it, and he was openly proud of it. It's just not there anymore. And that's okay. That's, that, that's what we're dealing with. But when you get a good show, good story, people will come. I'll take that as a comment. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With speculation that Megan Trainer and Harry Connick Jr. may not be returning to Australian Idol... Is there now room for one of the show's original judges? Marsha Hines appeared on the Jess Rowe Big Talk Show and revealed she will be back for the new season. And you've done every single season, yeah. haven't you? Yes, except for last year, and I think I'm back. But on. you were a guest, though, weren't you? A uh, guest yes, judge? I was. Thank you. Yeah, of course. You have to be the highlight. I was, but it looks like I'm doing it again this year. Yes. Yeah. So I look forward to it. It was a wonderful thing to nurture and and try and help people who just want to be in the entertainment business. Now, it isn't clear yet whether it will be another guest appearance or if she will be a permanent addition to the judging panel. Malk, Australian Idol did struggle last year. Bringing back Marsha full-time could be a bit of a masterstroke because the judging panel didn't gel last year, did they? No, they didn't, and I agree it could be, Rob, though I doubt it will be if that indeed is the case. I mean, Marsha, in, in this scenario, because the, the nostalgia button didn't really get pressed hard enough for the old Australian Idol audience to turn up, but certainly an amount yeah. of them did, but it was really a play for younger viewers and some of them turned up and not all of them, and that, that was part of the challenge for Seven. A whole bunch of yeah. everybody under the age of oh, 40 don't know who Marsha is, and politely, nor frankly do they care. So it's great that she, you know, is going to be involved in Idol again in some format. I think that's great. I think that she is absolutely one of the, you know, the 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 stars of Australian music industry and, and should be included in this kind of thing because we don't need to trot out a Megan Trainor or a Harry Connick Jr. just to be judges on some kind of whatever, whatever. But I don't think it's going to be a good idea if she comes back as a judge full time. 
She was, at best, even when she was there in the first instance, sometimes incomprehensible. Okay, in, I'll in take the, that as a in comment. In the advice that she gave to, to people and those sorts of things. Yeah, but that laugh, though, when she would go... <laughs> Yeah, that like work it, baby. That laugh was the best thing. Um, Look, I agree with you, Mock. I think the problem with bringing a lot of international uh, judges onto these shows is they are literally going. Okay, so are you going to put me up at the Intercontinental in Sydney? Thank you. Um, I'm going to get a fee. Thank you. Uh, And I'm going to look. I'm I'm going to give you some stuff for social media. Thank you. No one cares about it. I think that absolutely. Um, Kyle Sandilands should be coming back, and I, I know he will be coming back. I love that they work well together in the way of um, he respects her enough, she respects him enough without like also pandering to him. I don't think it, this is the same thing as the Loki's. Remember the years ago with the Loki's, we always had to have an international guest, and it was weird, and it was never good, it was never funny, it was rubbish. The only one that ever worked was um, Joan Rivers. Rivers, thank you. I was going to go Alan Crawford, um, but we got there. Rivers, um, bless her cotton socks. Um, and uh, that was the only one that worked. We don't need them. We've got great people here that work well together. Who cares if what Harry Connick Jr. and that Megan Trenador, Trebador, what's her name? I, I, I actually cared about <laughs> Harry Connick, her not so weird. much. She hasn't really had enough hits. But I did like it when he got and Maybe played with he. the piano. He's got one hit. Yes, he has. One she hit. Has, she a holds movie star. Like multiple records she, for she, like she number has... one songs. Sorry, does she have any song that doesn't say uh, bass in there yes, when she's lots. talking yeah, about bums? She's like one you know, of the like, most successful artists like, of the last decade. Come on, decade, she's had but... three fucking hits. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. I'm going to support Rob here though. But I, I also think that we don't need either of those people to come out here. Also, they're not talking to the bass. And they're also... Harry just whispered your name. I love that song. Oh, Rob. I love that song, but Megan Trainer does speak to the kids, but not enough to the kids does to she? make it work. Yes, because she we've does. got a kid on the show here. I, I yeah, mean, exactly. I'm the resident I, I, I kid. Person. No, no, you want to appeal to the kids... Put Taylor Swift on there. Um, we oh, they couldn't afford her. They couldn't afford her if they that's, tried. That's exactly Can I say, it. I think the big problem with Australian Idol last season, and maybe they'll fix it with Marsha this season, is that they were trying to appeal to too many demographics and Correct. then yep, I agree with this. pissing off the other I demographics. Think that's a fair argument. Very so fair. they had. It was a legacy brand, right? Yeah, they so they're appealing to for. older. Exactly. So they're appealing to older people because people who used to watch Australian Idol. Yep, very fair. Yet then they made the casting that you had to be under, I think it was like 28 or something to apply. Five, so that's seven, pissing yep. off the older people. Yeah, very fair. And then they're bringing on, I remember at the time you guys spoke about it, it was a big deal that there was no diversity on the panel, which then pisses off the younger people. So they Correct. were not pleasing any demographic. So I hope with the if Marsha is full-time, which I think would be a good move, that they just try and pick that older demographic and get rid of the age limit. You can be over 28 and be Correct. on Australian Idol. Correct. And just lean into that older audience. Don't try and appeal to everyone because then you're just pissing everyone yeah, off. The challenge, oh, though, there, Abby, is what's its point of difference with the voice other than some spinning chairs? But people watch it for the brand, right? Like people, I I used to love Australian Idol, so I would watch it because it's Australian Idol. Sure. I'm going to say branding. I'm going to say casting, and it, the reason is is because mm. Marsha and Kyle work together well enough where he can call her a bitch mm-hmm. or whatever, which I think he has done in the past. She can then walk up and call him an idiot and a prick, whatever, mm-hmm. which she doesn't do. But you know what I mean. That's good casting. I will yeah. watch it for that. I don't give a shit about Megan Trainer and or Megan Trainer and, and uh, Harry. Con- I don't. But what that, about Amy that's Shark? The How do you feel about Amy Shark, Robbo? 
I oh, adore so you. Terrible. I adore you. She sings like this. But also, my, like, I don't think she was the right choice for that, but I also don't think that's because she's terrible and has no credibility in the music industry. Well, we're going back, though, aren't we, to the, the, the classic casting, though, the, the, the classic casting of – so Amy Shark, a brilliant artist, brilliant musician, wonderful, right? She's a great talent when it comes to music, maybe not the best talent for TV. What they need to do to set themselves apart is really get some um, uh, some personality uh, together with the judges. So with the spinning chairs on The Voice, it's very difficult to get um, artists uh, who are also judges to connect. But we've already got a proven formula here with Marsha and Kyle. It's great. Kyle needs someone who can stand up to him or put up with him. And that is what Jackie O does every day. And she's brilliant at it. And that is why they are number one and continue to grow. Marsha is the same kind of person on that program. That is the kind of thing they need. You can't bring in Megan Trainer, who, who knows Kyle and no. obviously her people have shown her, people have known her and they've shown her like clips of him. Yeah. But, but Marsha knows him. She yeah. knows her, mm. he knows her. That's the way to do it. That's the difference. All right, let's open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. There's only one on my hit list this week, and I have become addicted to Gogglebox UK. Gogglebox UK is my new favourite thing. It's the better version. Gogglebox Australia is rubbish compared to the UK version. Oh, but my, my daughter <laughs> absolutely can't bear Gogglebox no, UK. Don't, really quickly, you've got three. Which one do you mean? You've got three. The you one who's watching it. The one who's watching it with me. If you can't What's name, her name him, you don't really know. Right? What's her name? Yeah. <laughs> um, this one, ja- Jenny, the, yeah, Jasmine, one. Jasmine, that one. Jackie, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here, yeah. darling. <laughs> Come here, baby. Get Daddy another wife. Daddy's little girl. girl. <laughs> My youngest does get upset if I don't let her pour the wine. Uh, she's become very proficient. Uh, <laughs> No? Okay, <laughs> Abby, what have you been watching? <laughs> I haven't really watched much this week at all, actually. I've been away. So I um, – the H3 podcast is back on YouTube. They took a two-week break. They're back again. So I'm very happy about that. Um, the episodes have become even longer. I used to say they were about three hours. They had a four-and-a-half-hour episode the other day. Wow. Um, you used to tell me how long they were. I'm like, that's longer than Titanic. Four-and-a-half yeah, hours. But it, it's the perfect show that you can double screen with. So I have it on, and then I do. A, I have a little colouring app on my phone, like a colour by numbers. So I just put it on while I do my colouring, and it's very relaxing and um, yeah, that's the only TV show, or not really TV show, but show that I've been watching this week. How are you going with Lost? Um, I took a pause because mm, I just I, I finished it. the end of season one very quickly, <laughs> but I just needed a little bit of a break. Oh, my God. Actually, I do have a second thing. Sorry, you just reminded me, Robbo. Thank you. And it's kind of a show, but it's um, Mike's Mike on YouTube does show recaps and one of the reasons I started watching Lost was because he put out a like two hour season oh, one yeah, recap yeah, yeah. Wow. and I wanted to watch that. And so I watched the whole of season one so that I could then watch his recap. They are hilarious. He is brilliant. He has also made me appreciate the show so much more because he was picking up and t- like talking about all these things that I didn't register, like the amount that the numbers come into mm. play, like every single episode. <gasps> it's Careful. so smart. You're in dangerous territory, Abby. I'm not, I'm not, no. That's, Rob McKnight will jump down your throat. No, you're okay. No, that's fine. Okay. I'm not saying anything else other than that, but 
Um, yeah. What so numbers? His, How are their numbers in the show? What do you <laughs> they, mean? But they just weren't, they weren't subtle about the numbers. I'm just surprised you didn't pick well, up they on that. Robbo, what have you... Oh, my... You're such an awesome Such a big... <laughs> Or really like him being like, oh, we've been on the island for like four days. I'm not like, oh, that's one of the numbers. Like, island? It's just what? in general conversation. He just says uh, one number or it might be a number oh, on a clock behind them. Right, okay, okay. I humbly apologise. you. In the terms that you're talking yeah, about I wasn't with the numbers. Meant, I wasn't referencing when they were actually talking about the numbers. How is this not spoiler chat and Rob not angry at the angriest guys, man in the universe? No, there's no spoilers. Guys, here. guys, really quickly, we've just got to stop here. The God Lotto is 9, 0, 39, 41, <laughs> 32, and the supplementaries are 8 and number 9. All right, right Rob, what have show. you been watching? I've got to get to a radio gig. You know what, though? You're talking about radio. This is a TV podcast, and many times you've talked about movies. Um, so I'm going to break the mould a little bit further. I know that this is probably... Do we have viewers here? No, we don't. We've only got listeners. Um, I've been reading the Visard Uncut um, uh, box. Uh, bo- box. Box set? <laughs> oh, no, we're leaving all this in. I've been reading the Visard Uncut uh, book, The Full Story by Stephen Bedwell. This is a great book. Now, I know it's not exactly television, but it's about one of the pioneers and one of the only people really in the last 30 years who have had a a Tonight Show so successful. Um, Steve Visard is, I think, is just one of the absolute gems um, of Australian television. Wasn't Steve Bedwell one of his writers? Uh, Most likely. Anyway, it's actually a fantastic book. I am very keen to read that book. Mark, what have you been watching? Look, I, I could talk about so many programs. So many programs. Uh, You've only got two, though. Well, that's the allegation, Robbo. Um, the first show that I'll talk about <laughs> is uh, Utopia, the current season that's airing oh, on the ABC. I've been oh, fortunate enough fantastic. to see right through to the end of the season. That's In a couple of weeks' time, it finishes up. Hang in, friends. Mm. It is... I mean, it's brilliant. There is no question. The really scary thing is the last couple of episodes, I've been in that office. Like, it, it was a documentary. It was not a comedic situation. Yeah. There is some so very true. real stuff coming so our way. So true. And yeah. uh, it just makes for incredibly delightful television. Congratulations to Working Dog on another fine series of a very funny Australian comedy <laughs> that lots of people are tuning in to watch. Wow. Um, on the ABC, no less. Wednesday night, <laughs> 8 o'clock. The other show that I'm going to talk about um, is on uh, Apple TV+. Plus. It's just started last week, the second season of The After Party. Now, this is a, a, a whodunit comedic kind of situation where oh, yeah, someone yeah, yeah. has died. That is not a spoiler. And uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish plays a detective who is sent in to like try her. and determine who done it. Uh, and mm. uh, there are some recurring characters from first season that come through into second season, new situation, new dead person. Um, and the thing that I love particularly oh. about this is that each of the episodes are pitched as effectively mini-movies that tell the story from each a different character's perspective each Ooh, episode, like but they do it in a different style. 
So we've had, in, in this season, you'll get like a detective noir version. You'll get a Wes Anderson film. You'll get like a, a an action kind of drama film. All of them kind of as the, each of the episodes play out. It is so, so funny. There are some really brilliant, Ken Jeong, um, Zach Woods, um, some really funny comedic actors standing up uh, in, in the series. The After Party season one was a gold mine and it's all available on apple tv plus right now season two um i think is up to episode three this week and dropping weekly now until it finishes when you get episode 10 but it's delightful the after party on apple tv plus thank you very much malcolm that brings us to the end of tv black box for another crazy week thank you robo thank you abby thank you malcolm i'm rob mcknight don't forget go to tvblackbox.com.au it's where people in the industry get their news don't you know we'll see you next week <laughs> hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.